Hello, and welcome to the Healthy Green Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Simpson, and I help adult athletes establish longevity in their sport or activity through nutrition, mindset, recovery, and performance coaching. I am a certified holistic health coach, sports nutritionist, adult athlete, environmental scientist, and nature lover. I'm also the owner and founder of Healthy Green Athlete. The goal of this podcast is to provide adult athletes that are competing in any sport at any competition level with the knowledge and tools that they need to fuel, heal, and nourish their way to feeling, looking, and to performing their best at any age and maintain it for life. If you like this episode, please give it a positive review and share it with your friends, family, and teammates. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of the Healthy Green Athlete podcast. I'm your host, Karen Simpson, and today it is my pleasure to introduce you to Dr. Nicole Payne, who I met back in 2017 at the Paleo FX conference in Austin, Texas. At that time, Dr. Payne was a very impressive human, and since then has added some even more impressive things to her resume, and I think all of these things make her an incredible resource to all adult athletes that are currently participating in any sport or activity. She has a BA in kinesiology and phys ed, a master's in human nutrition and functional nutrition, and she's a doctor of chiropractic. She currently lives in London, where she works as a chiropractor, functional medicine practitioner, acupuncturist, human nutrition practitioner, mobility specialist, and kin stretch instructor. She's the owner and founder of Reclaim Restore Health, which is an integrative healthcare practice, and she's the creator and author of the Eat, Move, Thrive 30, which is a plan to evaluate your personal health and reveal your opportunities for growth by teaching you how to eat, move, and recharge your life. She's also an adult athlete who has experienced several of the challenges that many of us have. She's currently an avid CrossFitter, but has also competed in volleyball, Ironman triathlons, and ultra marathons. And she does all of this while running her practice and raising two kids with her husband. She now helps athletes of all ages to prevent injuries, to help them return to their sport better after injury, and to help them look, feel, and perform better. To say that Dr. Payne is an expert about the human body would be an understatement, and I'm very excited and grateful to have her as my first guest on my podcast. So with that, let's jump right in into asking her some questions. All right, let's dive in to some questions that I personally have, and I think most of my listeners will also have for you. Most of my listeners are in their 30s and 40s, they're athletes, and they have a goal of wanting to continue to participate and play in their sport for as long as humanly possible. And they're also dealing with navigating the challenges of adulthood. So my question for you is, what advice would you have for this group of athletes? So really good question. Uh, Thanks. Um, And I put myself in that same category. I'm 41 and uh, trying to keep doing sport and activity forever as long as I can. Um, I think that I think like to say it in two ways. One is actually prioritize your goals. So whatever it is, what's important to you. Do you want to be able to move well with your kids? Do you want to be able to just engage in sport? Do you want to be able to squat on the ground? whatever your goal, do you want to be able to run, then figure out what that is. And then we can work backwards on what you need to do to achieve that goal. So I think that's number one. And I don't, it doesn't matter if you are a healthcare provider or just a trainer, coach, athlete, but prioritize your goals. 
And then from my perspective as a healthcare provider doing sports specialist chiropractic and things like that, I would tell you to actively work on your mobility every single day. There's this process as humans, we're like declining slowly over time. And if we don't do something about it, then it'll keep declining. And there is lots you can do. And just, just athletes being active is like one of the biggest things you can do maintaining your, your strength and your, your athletic aerobic capacity is huge for preventing health issues later down the line. Right. So I think if you actively work on mobility and I think that's, I'm probably a little bit, I'm always telling people to do that as a chiropractor and as a um, mobility specialist, but I, I think it's one of the biggest bang for bucks for an athlete. All right. So I think um, I have a general sense of what mobility is, but I want to hear from an expert what it is and more specifically how that it can actually help improve athletic performance. Cause a lot of these athletes that I work with are very interested in improving performance as an adult. So what is mobility and why is it important for athletic performance? So I think a lot of people, and truthfully, I think that I probably thought this prior to about eight or nine years ago when I did some specialist training in mobility, I thought it was really just flexibility, like being able to touch your toes or being able to squat and things like that. But actually mobility has two components. One is flexibility. Uh, and the second component is active control. So being able to control your range. So I, as a therapist, see some athletes that, you know, lots of people who are stiff and tight from sedentary work and things like that and sport and stuff, but also people who are really flexible. And so they might have that flexible range a dancer or a yogi, but actually they can't control it and they also get injured. So it's really active control over your range of motion. What is what mobility is really. Yeah. And then um, on our pre-call, you had mentioned something to me that has stuck with me since. And you said that um, having a greater range of motion, and correct me if I'm wrong, having a greater range of motion helps you activate your muscles better or more, or mm -hmm. I, I think you can probably articulate this way better than I'm trying to, but you gave an example of an arm swing for volleyball players. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have mobility in your shoulder, yeah, then you're not able to swing as hard or as well if you had yeah. limited mobility. So could you repeat that in, in a way that's like way yeah, better yeah. than I explained? No, you're doing great, actually. It's not. Okay. I'm, I'm impressed by your, uh, your thought there. It's it's actually, I like to think of it this way. And Dr. Spina, the creator of functional range systems, which is this stuff I'm trained in, um, they have, they talk about it as a workspace. So in your joint shoulder, for example, we'll use that example because it's easy. Um, there is a workspace in where your joint actually can move. And if that joint space is limited or your range is limited, you only have access to a small space, which means you have to keep using that same space. And for a long time, you'll get away with it, especially when we're young, we get away with it not having as much range and as much joint space. But actually what you'll do eventually is wear out that joint. This is wear and tear. But if you're using the same space over and over the same line, because we have no full range of our, our joint, we will wear that out and then you'll eventually compensate, create injury, things like that. And the other thing pertinent to your question is that if you have more range, you have the ability to adapt better. So if you're a volleyball player and someone hits a ball 
and you're trying to block or if you're trying to hit and it's just a little bit off, but you only have range flexion here and here, then actually you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to miss. But if you actually have the shoulder adaptability or range to move over a little bit further, then you can adapt. So having a more, a bigger workspace or range that you control, key part, mm-hmm. actually gives you more access to being able to adapt, which is actually sport is just complete dynamic adaptability, right? Like we have to be able to be ready to do because everyone on either side is trying to win, whether you're playing hockey or volleyball or whatever. And if you aren't adaptable, then someone will beat you basically. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Awesome. I love that. And it's, it's just, it makes so much sense, but it's, it's some, I haven't really thought about it in that way before. And so it just, to me, it makes me want to now go out and work on my mobility even more than I was doing, because it's going to make me a better athlete, a better blocker in volleyball, a better hitter, a better defender. Every aspect of my game can be improved if I improve the range of motion Yeah, and have it be controlled. It's an easy way to think of it is like, it's a prerequisite to movement. So it's like the pre, pre, pre. So yes, you got to do your strength, your aerobic, your sports specific training. You got to do all that, right? Got your nutrition right and everything. But if you can't actually move, you Mm. can try as you might, but you have to actually have range to move into. And the more you have, they've actually shown in studies, because we always thought that um, pro athletes are really amazing movers and they do their moves perfectly. But Mm -hmm. actually, they're just so adaptable. They have a really big workspace. And each move, it looks the same to us. So someone swings a golf club or swings a volleyball. It looks exactly the same. But what it is, they have the ability to adapt and it looks the same. And so more adaptable and variable you can be, the better athlete you'll be. Awesome. I love that. So let's move on to talk about your book. For those who are listening, Nicole wrote this amazing book called Eat, Move, Thrive 30. And I want her to talk about it to you all because I obviously want you all to read it, but um, I think that there's a lot of really great information in there. And so first I want, Nicole, could you please just tell us the inspiration behind this book or your personal journey that led you to the development and the creation of the Eat, Move, Thrive 30 program and the inspiration behind this book? Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Karen. Uh, I think for me, the it's hard because like it's a process that's like years in the making. But I think this book was always in me. Like I think I always knew I wanted to write a book. I, I've loved learning and reading since a child. And it kind of like so I went into chiropractic school in um, 2002. And from then I started this learning of the human body really. So obviously was an athlete. I played volleyball when I was younger and in university and then I did athletics and all these kind of stuff. So that all adapted and changed that too. But then it started my own learning on my own health. And so chiropractic was one. Then I did a, um, a master's degree and then I did a lot of courses. And so this, this, learning process of learning and learning and learning and and actually then actually helping people so as a chiropractor both in my regular chiropractic work my mobility work and my functional medicine I was actually seeing that people I was trying to help them but actually it's it's really up to them it's about up to us it's always up to us sadly we have to do the work if we want to get better and a lot of the stuff that I was saying is really just basic information. It's not rocket science. And I just wanted to put it into 
a way that people could access it. So if people were ready and willing, like functional medicine can be very cost prohibitive. It can be, I mean, especially in America, I know it can be like thousands of dollars if you need to get all these tests done. But actually, 80% of people just need to get the basics right. And so do that first. And then maybe if you've got other issues, you can go and get more expertise help. And so I just wanted to actually go through and actually try and give people stuff to do themselves. So this like whole eat, I went into that journey in nutrition, taking nutrition and a functional medicine degree and learning about nutrition and tweaking my own. Personally, I've had issues with nutrition, not horrible. I don't have any allergies or big, I don't have celiac disease or anything like that. But I've, I always had issues with some dairy and gluten and, and thought, oh, it's, it's no big deal. It's just normal. It's the way we should live. Until I then started to do some elimination diet and cut things out. And I was like, whoa, I don't need to live like this. I can be healthier and better and sleep better and all these kind of things. So I went into that personal journey. And the same thing happened with mobility and movement. I went into these courses and I sat there and I was like, as a volleyball player, I should have full shoulder range. I'm going to move this way of my shoulder. But actually I had none. And I was like, I'm a chiropractor and a volleyball player and I can't move. And I was like, um, that's like shocking, seriously. So I actually then just went on to that journey trying to learn and learn. And I was like, this stuff, people need to do it themselves. And then the third component was the thrive. We talk about a bit later, we can go into the specifics is just like trying the stuff that we all need to do better sleep, rest, meditate, all that kind of stuff. But I I knew this book was in me for so long. And it then became this process of trying to get it out, which I loved I loved writing the book and I loved actually going through the process of editing and writing and getting it all and going wow actually I do have some information to sell some people that might be helpful for someone <laughs> yeah just a little information yeah I did the, 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 the first button I was like oh no one's gonna buy this book it's so big well but I think that um in going through it you know, I'm a scientist and I love data and I love information. And a lot of times I'll read a book and it's just a lot of fluff. And I think that your book is a lot of information. It's a lot of, I need to have this on my shelf as an encyclopedia of sorts and refer back to it multiple times a year. I think also people can just do part of it. They don't, and I've realized this after, you could just do the eat stuff. You could just do the move stuff. You could just, you know, like, you can piecemeal it. You can break it up and, and do what's working for you, you know? Well, that's a good segue into my next question, which is to ask you to go into the three core components of the Eat, Move, Thrive 30 or the EMT 30, which are Eat, Move, and Thrive. So I want to encourage folks to read the book because there's so much important information in there that everybody should know. But could you just briefly give an overview of each of those components? Uh, the eat component is how we eat, but it's not just um, how, it's what and when. So it's like the actual what you should eat. And in the Eat, Move, Thrive 30, it's actually a 30-day, really it's a 30-day elimination food diet, right? Which is not, I don't like this, I actually don't even really like the word diet, but it's just a food, a way of eating that is just healthy and actually removes all the processed food and potentially allergenic or immunogenic foods that maybe you might react to you might think oh I have an issue with this or that uh, and so then it, it's basically veggies first your plate should look like it has a half a plate of veggies then it has quality protein healthy fats and then carbohydrates but I like to put 
and think of it in this way that you put the carbohydrates at the end, so healthy carbs, which you can get from potatoes, sweet potatoes, fruit, etc. And it shouldn't be that your plate is a plate of pasta with a little bit of protein, a little bit of veg. It should be actually the other way around, that we add the carbs in if we have space, really. And that then obviously is tweaked and it talks about it in the book, that if you're an athlete, as your listeners are, you may need to up your carbs and you have two portions or three, whatever it is, right? Like you have to, if you're doing a lot of aerobic, you have to up that and have enough carbs. Also, you might need to up your protein to actually recover from your strength training and things like that. So that's the what. Uh, and then the other two components in the eat are the how and when, which is just how we eat. We eat really fast and we don't pay attention. We should be trying to digest our food, things like that. And when is really timing. So I think a lot of us, and I, this is one that I learned really with uh, my own process is actually I was eating too early and too late in a big window. And actually this window or feeding window was like maybe 14, 16 hours. You know, you might snack later and things like that. And actually your body needs rest. It needs time to actually for digestion to recover. So anytime you put food in your mouth, your body is trying to process that, which means it's in food storage mode. It's processing, it's working, etc. And if if you don't ever have, like say you eat until 11 p.m. and then you start again at six, you will never get into fat burning or fasting mode which is not just for fat burning, which obviously some people may want, but it's actually for gut healing. So a lot of people, if you just stick to a 12-hour window, which isn't unreasonable, 7 to 7 or 10 to 12 hours, things like that, you'll you'll feel better, you'll sleep better, you'll lose weight, all those kind of things. So the movement component, which is near and dear to my heart, because I've been moving since I was obviously born, uh, but uh, it's I, I tried to break it up into three components to try and make it um, so people can like have a focus on three different things. One of them is exercise or intense movement, which is what everybody thinks is the only type of movement, which is, you know, your sports specific stuff, your strength training, your aerobic training, all that kind of stuff. And it is we need to do that and we should be hitting those goals. But the other two components are natural movement. And I think so many of us nowadays sit all day long and we hardly have and especially with the pandemic it's been like you know everyone's like stuck closed in their house and they never leave the house and so just walking and getting out moving in nature and climbing stairs and whatever it is natural movement is really missing and then that other component which we've already talked about a bit is that uh, mobility or preventive mobility trying to prevent this decline of our our society and our the way we we live sadly um the final component is your thrive which i was trying to i uh, that word i was like thrive i was like what can i encompass like everything <laughs> i was like it's just has to understand everything uh so it's really just all the other things that will make you thrive as a human as an athlete and so that's like rest which is how you sleep and how you relax uh recharge and recharge I tried to create something that like would encompass stuff that actually like not only recharges you as in the sense sleep recharges you and all these kind of things but actually mentally and spiritually recharges you so things that bring you joy gratitude meditation things like that uh, and then reconnect and I think the reconnection is is huge for people and probably I should have made it a bigger part of the book but I split that up into reconnecting with nature, which kind of they overlap a little bit, uh, reconnecting to other humans, which again, many of us need because we've been isolated for so long. Uh, and then to yourself, 
getting in touch with yourself and what you want out of life and reconnecting to what's your purpose and your joy. And I think so many of us adults, you know, you're busy with life and sport and all sorts of things, but we never sit down and say, what do I actually want out of life? And we, we need to, (laughs) so we can, we can direct our path to what we want to do. All right, we have passed the 17 minute mark of this interview and I really want to keep each episode under 20 minutes. So I'm going to stop here and call this part one and then finish the rest of the interview in the next episode, which will be part two. In that portion of the interview, Nicole's going to dive deeper into what it means to reconnect with our human health roots. And she's going to give us some practical strategies for how we can integrate increasing our range of motion or our mobility every single day, even when we're busy with other non-athlete related things. So with that, I'll end here and you'll hear the rest of this interview in episode 11.